Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now on with the show. All right, today we are here with Jenna Gross, who's the founder of Color Drunk Designs here in Atlanta. Jenna grew up in the design business, spending countless hours surrounded by textiles at her family's antique and upholstery shops in Columbus, Georgia. After working in the fashion industry with Marc Jacobs, Jenna turned her attention to interior design and today serves up masterful mixes of pattern and color, concocting designs that are refreshing from start to finish. Welcome, Jenna, to the show. We're happy to have you. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. First off, I have to just kind of Shout out to your Atlanta Homes and Lifestyles show house that we recently <laughs> walked around with you. It was so much mm-hmm. fun. We, the four of us got to get together in person at the show house, see Jenna's gorgeous pool house inspired sort of back bathroom and laundry room. It was a lot of fun. It's already on your website, so people can go check that out and on your Instagram as well. It was really special, and we'll talk more about it in a little bit, but we do have a theme for today's episode, and it's all about the best ways to give a room that finished look, and it's something I've been thinking a lot about because anyone who's looking at design magazines or interior design books, following them on Instagram, you can really zero in, I think, on rooms that have been designed by an interior designer and rooms that have been put together maybe by just someone that loves furniture and and has a great eye. I just wanted to talk about that. Like what sets designer rooms apart? How can we get ourselves maybe a little bit closer to achieving that perfectly finished look? You know, that perfectly finished look that you might get if you were to hire a designer. Jenna, I want to start with you. I wonder if there are just any things in particular off the top of your head that you feel like sets your rooms or your favorite designer's rooms apart from what something that maybe would put someone would put together for themselves. I think there's quite a few things. I think that looking at the room to see that it works functionally is really important. So you can see it's not just various pieces of furniture here and there. It is a room that makes sense and flows well. And then, you know, obviously has layers and accessories, maybe personal items. And I'm going to go ahead and say color because an all white room does not look the best. So, you know, a little bit of all of those things are, I feel like, what makes it feel just pulled together and finished. And I don't want to take anything away from designers because, you know, here on the podcast, we are designers biggest fans. But I do feel like there's a lot of people out there who want to do it themselves just because they enjoy doing it. Because it's fun. And so they want to learn. They want to get better. They admire designers. And so it's not about taking anything away from designers and saying we can accomplish it on our own because I think we all can really see the special spaces and the specialness of those spaces that you all put together. Okay. So you said personal effects, function, flow. Those are sort of like your big three in your mind. Okay. But we need to address color. I mean- Color drunk designs. <laughs> yes, you have to have a little color for sure, or a lot. A lot. Most of your rooms have a lot of color, and I think they're kind of masterfully yes, pieced together with with color. Thank you. <laughs> I 
I definitely wanted to just say, because yes, your website is called Color Drunk. And I was telling my coworker that I was talking to you today and she thought I like nicknamed you that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Jenna, the Color Drunk. <laughs> and she was like, excuse me. And I was like, yeah, she is Color Drunk. Not like I named her Color Drunk. She named herself Color Drunk. <laughs> Some people come up to me randomly they? and they're like, oh, hey, you're Color Drunk. And I'm like, yes. Yes, I am. Um, name's Jenna, but you can call me Color Drunk. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. So, Okay, well, so you. back to the actual, like, kind of layering of the room, kind of mm-hmm. like Caroline was saying. And if how long do you think till, for a normal person, till you get that finished look? Like, so say I buy some sofas, I buy the lamps. I buy the drapes. What's the like kind of time? Is there a time frame or is it something you can always be procuring? Yes, I think it takes a lot of time to make a room look finished for sure. It is something that I hope that my clients will later keep adding on to like with personal things and just changing out things here and there. But I think, you know, I've been doing this a good long time. I mean, 10 years, that's not forever, but I could do it quicker than most people. But there's still the most important thing you have to remember is that it's I'm decorating these rooms for my clients, but they're the people that live there. And so I feel like, you know, I try to coach them to constantly add like little vignettes of personal items or a room does need to evolve with the family that's living there. They need it needs to represent who they are and how they're living there. So yeah, I don't think that there's like a set time. I think it can always be evolving. And I think that it's important to always freshen it up here and there, whether it's by season, like some people may love to mix in velvet pillows for the colder months, and then maybe a linen, like a solid linen behind your main pattern pillow. I mean, that's something that can be changed out easily. But yeah, as far as time goes, it's the personal touches, I think that need to be changed often. Whereas I hope that when I design a room, the foundation is there and it's set, but these little things can be added as needed or wanted. Okay. I wrote down a couple of things that I think set a designer room apart. Okay. So I wanted to, I wanted to quiz you on them a little bit. So, okay, here's some, here's something that I feel like you can, is that is something that you can just pick out in images that, you know, a designer did it and it's drapery. I feel like drapery really well done proportional lush drapes are sort of a staple in every designer's design arsenal and i've also found that when you go to a show house there is okay y'all tell me if this is totally weird but i feel like a room has a very different feel like the room feels different with great drapery in it like it's something about like the sound and the <laughs> I agree with you. nuts. I agree with you. I'm like always when you... pushing drapes on clients. See? And then once I put them in one room, they're like, oh my goodness, I have to have them everywhere. It really does make mm-hmm. the biggest difference. But it's not just visual. No, it's not just visual. Yeah, they don't understand until they have them, like you said. And then you're like, oh, this finished the room. I had no clue. It makes it feel so much more comfortable and inviting and cozy. Like that's mm-hmm. super important. I feel like for every space in your house, like you want to feel good in there. And those are one of the number one things 
I say we have to use. You just have to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Unless you're like in a lake house and you're there just to see the view. But even then I'll put some, you know, I'll do a longer rod on each wall and they'll just sit back and won't cover any of the window. I am team drapery for sure. But there's something about that feel in the room. And I really feel like walking through a show house, you can get it when you just walk into a bedroom and it's like the sound is nicer and there's something about the airflow that feels more comfortable i don't know maybe this is totally bizarre <laughs> but that that's how i experience it i can always whenever oh, that's I go the into unicorn uh dust they sprinkle in the drapes that's a <laughs> yeah that's a special technique cost extra <laughs> Let's get into that, though. What are some tricks maybe for someone to get that designer drapery look like? Do you need three times more width probably than the average person thinks that you do? Is it drapery pins and like getting rid of those ring clips and instead using drapery pins and uh, getting your thing off the rod pocket? Like what what do you think? Yes, I think do? you're clear of the rod pockets because those can just look messy so easily and they're mm -hmm. hard to open and close. Also, the clips, they same thing they are messy and you just don't get that overall polished look like you do when you do a custom drapery or draperies with pins that just go into the hook and they look really pretty and they glide luxuriously like they just they're mm -hmm. so much better and then yeah the fabrics too you know there's you know like a bedroom you want something a little more soft I mean you want it it just depends on the aesthetic of course but yeah, all that goes into play, picking all those pieces and making it perfect. Or maybe it's, it has the blackout lining behind it and that helps with the sound and the, you know, I don't know. That's probably a big part of it too. But I don't think it's just the drapes. It's everything. I have a question. So when do you know when to do drapery panels versus like a Roman shade? Or what is your thinking behind the different types of drapery or window furnishings? So I get this question a lot from clients because they see my portfolio and I use a lot of different window coverings. And that's just because I. it depends on how we're using the room. Is it going to be, if you want privacy, it is easier to pull open and close draperies if you have the right hardware. If you have a wand, that's, I don't know if you know what a wand is, but you know, it it helps you pull the drapes. Like what someone might use at a hotel where there's a yes, plastic yes. wand. That, yeah, it yeah, goes yeah. with the unicorn dust, obviously. <laughs> but you don't have to have a plastic one. You can have a pretty one that matches. The... Right. But I mean, you know, everyone's been to a hotel and like yes. open and close the drapes. Yes. Yes, I Wait, do. really? Okay. Yeah. What do they look like? Are they like metal? Or are they yeah, like they're metal covered? and they match the hardware. I use Roman shades a lot. And these are in spaces where... You're not having to open and close all the time. It's for more open the rooms that you're going to keep the windows open a majority of the time because they're just not as easy to pull open and shut. But they give that wall a beautiful, soft look that you won't get if you don't add some sort of textile. In kids' rooms or, well, no, let's scratch that. We probably shouldn't put it in a kid's room if I'm staying. <laughs> okay. And, and then <laughs> That's there good are, advice in itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, kids are going to break them. But, <laughs> shades? Um, Roman shades? Yeah, if they just keep pulling the mechanism to open and close them. I mean, I put them in kids' rooms all the time, but it's easier to open drapes. But So I would say that you use Roman shades in rooms where you need cleaner lines and you need something visually up there that you don't have to open and close all the time. But you want that added fun fabric or textile. 
No, and then there are balances and cornice boards, which I love to use too. And so sometimes we will use those and we will put them over the drapes so that we can put those on a track system and those open and close a lot easier. So those are for rooms that we are definitely, you know, a bedroom that looks out into a yard where you see a neighbor or, you know, just something that you need to open and close all the time and very easily and very quickly. But Uh, you did those great in the show house. It seems to me like a Roman shade is, is also really like a no brainer for anything where like it's not floor length, you know, like it, over a kitchen sink, over a right. top of some sort in a banquette, anything where like you can't easily touch. There's no yes. floor space underneath, I suppose. Right. Less dust. Or if you have a large dog who likes to chew on everything, we should do Roman shades instead of long grapes. <laughs> because <laughs> I've had that happen before as clients. <laughs> okay, here's another thing that I think sets designer rooms apart. Lighting. Really mm-hmm. fabulous light fixtures and well-done lighting. Yep. Haven't yep. You, don't y'all go to people's houses all the this I do this all the time. I go to people's houses yeah. and I'm like, why is it so dark in here? Yeah. You know? Like, I get I get like a little vampire sometimes where it's like <laughs> either the lights are too bright and they're like too fluorescent overhead right don't you think yes or yes. or it's like there's well, not it's, enough light sources there's this it's hard mm. i mean even the architect who did like our house plans was like cans everywhere and i was like but do i want cans do i really want that much i like because to your point i want to see in some rooms but there's other rooms like where i don't i want to be more vampire and dark as you were kind of mm-hmm. stating so yeah i think it's just hard because a lot of these spec homes they just must be like, can it all up or, you know what I mean? I think that's okay as long as they put it on a dimmer, right? Because then mm-hmm. you can put it on whatever you want. But I think mood lighting is so important. Like growing up, my mom, every night, no matter if we were in the living room in the front of the house, she turned on the two lamps so the neighbors mm-hmm. could see. So it would look nice inside. And, um, mm. and I love that. I like to do that too. Like I like the house all, you know, lit up at night. It makes it feel cozy. I just, I think mood lighting mm-hmm. is super important. So I'm actually cool with cans as long as you put them on a dimmer so you can decide how bright you want them to be. But it is also so important to have lamps and other sources to make it feel a certain way. Well, my issue with the cans is only when there is, there are no lamps. I high light sources and all the cans are up all the way. Yeah. That's when I always feel like it's just too bright and it's all overhead lighting. I want like something flattering. Yeah. I'm mean, just too much. Around, I think, especially yeah. at night when you're trying to wind down and that light is so bright mm-hmm, that it's mm-hmm. no good. Yeah. Caroline, I'm imagining you going into people's homes that you're invited to and the <laughs> guest leaves the room and you'd like change all the lighting and then <laughs> I want to. I'm so I anxious don't. to have her over. She's going to be like, but, what happened? No, y'all. Not y'all. <laughs> I do have a question, though, because I think some lighting is so creative and such a jewel or such a piece of focal point that how do I layer it? Because some of the lamps I want to disappear other than the lighting part of it, right? So how do you do that in a room to get the right layering for lighting? Well, it just really depends on what the room is and what the space is used for. You know, do you need task lighting? Do you just need the ambience? Do you need it just that all factors into what the light's being used for. And, you know, sometimes I put a light that 
you don't even need because like we were talking about with cans just because it makes the room feel happy or exciting or just like you said like a jewel or like a piece of jewelry in the room but I'm not really ever hiding lighting because I always pick out really fun ones like it's for me that's an accessory or something that's I want people to see so I've actually I don't think I've ever picked out a light that was not was not meant to see but how do you do it so that you're not taking away from the, I don't know, or how do you make it so they're all cohesive? Well, the, I am a true maximalist, so I, that's a hard question <laughs> for me. If you have a chandelier that's the star of the show, then maybe you tone down the lamps, right? Like you still can do a fun color or a fun texture, but you don't want it to fight with the chandelier. So you pick different colors, like maybe you go bright color on the chandelier and then you do brass lamps or more of a neutral base like that. Yeah, I don't understand, Taryn, why you want to hide your lamps. No, like if that I pick is out... a foreign concept to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like if I have a kind of some kind of organic, really cool light, I find it hard to then find sconces that, that go with it that, without buying a collection. Because I feel like if I bought a chandelier that matched sconces, you guys, all of a sudden, it's like a bedroom set. You're like, hell no. Mm-hmm. So no, I was like, what do I do? <laughs> See? See? I knew it. So then it's no. like, how do I do coordinating but without taking away was what I mean. Well, that's such a like open-ended question because I feel like you're not, when you look at an overall finished room, you're not looking at the three lighting pieces at on their that's own. True. You're looking at the whole room. So it yeah. really depends on is the light sitting in front of a drapery? Is it sitting on a console table? Is it a floor lamp? Is it, I mean, there's just, that's kind of a hard question to ask because you have to take into account the whole room, not just the three or however many light pieces you have. To kind of continue on the not matching, I tend to have a lot of like really fun lamps and table lamps all around. But for pulling together a designer room, should I have two or should I just have one? Because I feel like when I'm looking at a lot of designer rooms, I'm seeing pairs that kind of create a, a larger statement and some symmetry so should I have one that's like one kind of big, funky, funny statement? And yes, I have funny lamps. <laughs> or or should I get pairs of them? When you're trying to decide on if you should have pairs or not, I think you have to look like I'm a very symmetrical person. So I will say go for the pair if you're flanking a sofa or if you're flanking a bed, right? So that it kind of they're like bookends to the the larger piece in the room. There are times where I will do, let's say in a bedroom, two different tables to act as nightstands. And when I do that, I definitely say pair the lamps because you don't want everything to be crazy. You want some coordination. But in a, you know, like a living room, I say, you know, if you have two lamps that you love, just use those. Like for the purposes of this podcast, I, I know that I'm supposed to be like helping, but I'm a big believer And that if you love it, you should have it out. And it doesn't matter if it matches or, I mean, I I want everything to coordinate and I want it to all work well together. But I'm just saying it doesn't have to be a rule that you have matching lamps. If you love both of them, you put both of them in there. (laughs) Here's the thing. You can always break up a, a pair. Yes. Like if you bought a lamp five years ago and unless they still sell it somewhere, it's hard. It's much harder to go back and buy a second. So my, so what I'm saying is, why wouldn't you just buy the two if you can get to? If it's like vintage or antique or something, obviously you can't. But if you can get two at once, why wouldn't you just go ahead and get two? I mean, I get the 
cost and whatnot. But you're going to get more long-term use out of a pair, even if sometimes they're split up, than you would just a single, right? That's true, for sure. And, you know, maybe you have the pair in certain rooms, and then you have one that's a funky, fun lamp that stands alone on itself. So you have the two flanking mm-hmm. the sofa, and you have the special one over on a sideboard or console, so it that becomes the star of the show. That's yeah. what I would suggest. So, you, so basically the answer is you should have some pairs and some singles. Okay. I'll need to get some pairs. Correct. You should have some pairs and some singles. <laughs> well, I feel like it's like a pair of chairs. Like <laughs> you should, I feel like everyone should have pairs of chairs, pairs of lamps in their collection. And like, you'll always get use out of those, right? Like two chairs, two lamps. Like, yes. Yes. You know, there's some things that like everyone just needs a couple of pairs of I always tell my husband it's six. It's six of everything. He believes me somehow. (laughs) Six of the same lamp is a lot. (laughs) No, don't get six of the same lamp. That's no fun. (laughs) Unless you have a really big house. (laughs) Real big. But yeah, don't you think the same thing about chairs? I don't know. I feel like a a pair of matching chairs can be so striking. I agree. I think so. Like if you're designing a living room, you don't want everything to be single. You need some things to act together, work together so that the really fun special pieces stand out. And don't get me wrong, pairs of chairs are where I can have the most fun with fabric and different coordinating welts. Like you can make it a really fun piece that pieces that work together. I feel like that should be on our list of like the the 10 things every house needs. There's a pair of chairs. A pair of lamps and a pair of chairs. Yeah. Yes. I'm down with that. I do think it's harder with lamps, I think, to find a good, like, vintage pair. Like, you can find, like, a one-off and you're like, oh, you're cool. Mm, I can't find a second. No, but that's okay. That one then stands alone by itself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've bought both vintage. I've gotten a couple of vintage pairs and then some that just are a single. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're, you're ahead. I got six of them all matching. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, here's my last my last thing that I feel like sets designers apart. And then rugs. I feel like rugs are something that us people doing it on their own often get wrong. And designers always get just right. What are your thoughts, Jenna? My <laughs> thoughts are that people who sometimes people don't realize how large of a rug they need. That is one of my design. So I don't know. Yeah. Pet peeve. I just didn't want to be mean, but yeah, that is <laughs> the carpet is what grounds the space and what makes everything come together. So you want the furniture, like the, at least the front feet sitting on the carpet, but you know, if it's a larger space, go ahead and fill up the whole space with the carpet. That really brings the whole room together. That is something that, I feel like everybody should, I don't know, go big or go home is what I say. But it's the bigger the carpet, the bigger the room feels, honestly. Like even a small carpet can make a big room feel too little. Mm-hmm. It's almost like people overcomplicate it and they're like, what size rug do you need? It's like, well, probably the biggest you can fit. I mean, unless you're like covering some air vent or like it's truly an open concept room where there is no end to your room, but kind of just as big as your room is right i mean i would say so because it just makes it feel more comfortable i go big on all the walls sometimes even the ceiling like you saw in the show house like i feel like use it on the floor too you don't want any blank spaces 
fill it up with (laughs) (laughs) fill it up with art mirrors or if you don't want so many things do decorative molding and paint it the same color as the wall but don't leave anything blank carpet included leave it and don't leave anything unconsidered unconsidered that is a great way to put it yes okay i have a question about layering rugs when is the right time to layer rugs in a room so i would say with like we were just talking about with a really large room maybe you get a sisal which i'm sure you've all seen people do and it's the larger carpet and then you buy a smaller rug that you put in the more intimate setting where there's a you know where you like gather socially and where the sofa and maybe the pair of chairs that we have are all going to go in together and that just kind of creates its own little special place where you're gonna meet and talk and have fun and that is just the more intimate area I guess whereas the larger rug is just filling up the whole room and making it feel bigger and grounding the whole space and then for textures if you do a sisal do you have to do a wool or what's the what do you pair Yes, I would usually do a sisal or something that's natural as the larger one so that the more intimate area has a wool that's softer or if you're going to sit on it or, you know, it just looks nicer, honestly. So I'm being candid about it. And that's where you want to bring on your strong game. So that's a good question, though, is like, can you do natural fiber on top of natural fiber? No, I think that would be silly. That's and um, can you do wool on top of wool. <laughs> it's a matching set. Don't do it. <laughs> no, well, there are all sets. sorts of natural fibers these days. There's like your regular old sisal, but then there's also like sisal and wool, or like you know jute and wool, like in a pattern. And like there's there's so much more variety now in terms of natural fiber rugs. So there are, but I feel like if you're going to layer something, they need to be two different pieces, or mm-hmm. there's really not any purpose in layering, or you just should have just used the one really larger one, right? Got it. Yes. Or maybe you have an antique wool rug that you love and you want to use it. It was your grandmother's or your aunt's or you just found it and it's too small for your space. That's when you layer it with mm. a sisal or something larger so that you can still use it. You can still enjoy it even, and you can make it fit. Yes, but you have a properly sized rug for the scale of the room. Yes, please. Just layer the, the, the vintage you layer the little on top. One. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I feel like that's a great use case for the layered rug look. Yeah. Yes. I see you thinking over there, Liz. I am. Well, I am because like, <laughs> so I feel like there are so many really fun patterned rugs, but they all come in like smaller sizes, like whether it's like. It always is too small, right? Right. You're always like, why did I find this adorable five by seven? You do nothing. Where do you even use a five by seven? Like a that's a legit question. Maybe like a, a larger bathroom. There you go. The closet. That's not enough. Okay. They just shouldn't make them. It's okay. Not. They should, but like, yeah. Right. So <laughs> I want to use something, something really fun and playful and, and bold in my family room, but like the room is huge. So mm. when, when do I, like, if I get a big natural fiber, is it going to look weird if I have a, a five by seven that doesn't quite fit the conversation space, TV watching space. Like, do I have to get multiples to layer on top of, and then I've got three or four rugs. Like what? Uh, yeah. I'm, 
No, yes. I'm just sorry to say that you can't use your five by seven. There has to be a special <laughs> home with a place like in a hallway or something <laughs> to put that five by seven because that is just not an ideal size. So no, you. Mm-hmm. I don't think you okay, need so more go than bigger. two. Yeah, go bigger. Yeah, Keep that was pretty much her. That was her theme from the beginning. Just FYI, right. <laughs> or build your own house and make a room for that five by seven carpet. Why are all the yeah? Why are all the rooms in your house so teeny? Well, I had some I had all these five by seven carpets. <laughs> then you're gonna need a mini houses. chair unless you're just gonna lay on the carpet. <sighs> like I don't know. It's such an odd size, right? Um, it is. It really is. I want to know it's, how it became the standard. Like, who did this? Hmm. Okay, here's something else that I think designers do so expertly, especially you, Jenna, of Color Drunk Designs. Okay, tapes, trims, tassels, accoutrements. What is the value of adding these details to your rooms and your furniture pieces? Okay, I use these all the time because I am a more is more girl. So I love that I can have a blue and white pillow and pipe it in pink. And then I get my little layer of pink that coordinates with the pink in the carpet or, you know, just little touches of, I'm using pink as an example because it's really funny when I have consultations with people, nine out of 10 say, my husband was just worried about all the pink on your website. And I'm like, I'm never going to say you should put pink in your house unless you tell me I love pink because that is a color (laughs) that is not super popular. But so in this case, I can put in a little, you know, piping of pink or a trim or, and I'm just using the pink as an example, but it's a great way to add small doses of color. It's a great way to, I love to mix patterns. So it's a way to add in more pattern, more texture. Um, and it just, you know, it looks more custom, which when I say custom, it's it's just more unique. Like it's it's just yours. So it just makes it you can create and design so many different things by using just simple things like trim and welt and all that fun stuff. But yes, I'm a big proponent of those. I am I don't know how you what you would say, but I don't know. More is more for me. <laughs> See, I told you well, total thing. I do feel like what's to be like but chairs pillows drapery even cornice boards like Mm -hmm. the level of detail that goes into that and and i guess just the layering really makes the room feel special and i do always feel like those tiny little accents are the type of thing that you may not notice when you're walking through a room or you just maybe walk into it right away but when you're sitting and like drinking your cocktail or like talking with your friend really hanging out in the space that's when you really notice those small details and it's so Mm -hmm. delight you know it's like delightful when you're like oh I didn't notice that there was like a little beaded trim on this pillow but it's so pretty you know and you really experience like elements that makes the room feel finished right like it's mm-hmm. just yeah. you don't notice it exactly when you're looking at the whole room but then like you said when you're sitting in there and you're like oh that really does pull it together or that mm-hmm. it's just a fun little happy addition that is exciting i have some questions about color obviously <laughs> mine was more because you use so much trim work in color and um and cabinetry and color so my question for you is more of where 
and how to stop and start it. Because I think for anyone who wants to try to do it, because it's, you know, it adds so much to a room when you can do the crown and the base. And, but how do you handle if there's a door? Do you do one side of the door? What do you do with the edge of the door? What's your formula for that kind of thing? When you were saying trim work, Taryn, I was thinking like embellished trim work, like not, you're talking about like actual woodwork trim work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if that took Millwork. me a minute. That took me a minute to figure out. No, no, no. It's <laughs> totally fine. But we had, we're just talking about like tapes and trims. So I thought we were Oh, no, that's trim. completely trim fair. Work. I'm so sorry yeah. that I like <laughs> reused trim again. I should have, I should have said like millwork or whatever. Sorry. Yeah. I just didn't know how to handle that. And then for instance, if you do a colorful built-in or you want to do the bookcases on either side of the TV, a bright color, do you have to have then your crown in front of them? You know, the crown match the cabinet if you want the rest of the crown to be white. It's just things like that that I'm like, I don't understand how to stop and start it to do it. It can be really tough, but it is, I would definitely advise the trim should match the cabinet or that's always like the starting point for me. Like with the kitchen, what color is our trim going to be? What color are the cabinets going to be? What color is the island going to be? The island obviously can Mm -hmm. be anything. Does it have to match? Because it's not attached to the room. It just makes it feel, makes the ceilings feel taller if the trim is painted Mm -hmm. the same as the cabinets. It makes everything just more cohesive. So yes, I would take it around the trim. I would do the baseboards. And then on the door, a lot of times I just do the inside part of the door. And depending on which way the door opens, that's when you see it, when it's open, I usually keep it if it's a hallway door and it opens into the room, then when it's open and against the wall, you want to see the white front and the white side and maybe the bright green is on the back side. So I keep that white and just do the face of it, the bright color so that you see it when it's closed. Cause you had on your website, I remember there was one that was blue trim, but you had the red door open and it looked so good. It had a wall, you had wallpaper, blue trim, and then the oh. door was red when you had it open. And I think it was a front door per se. So it was a different scenario. But oh, yeah. Like, ooh, I'm wondering if the back of that door is blue. So when it's closed, yeah. is it all blue in there? Well, that's a client who likes a lot of color. So we could have that extra pop of red. But if you're being a little more tame, then we should probably keep the door <laughs> the same as the trim color. But I wouldn't, you know, make it white. It either needs to match the trim or it needs to be its own fun accent color. That was my trim slash millwork question I had about (laughs) how to. Say I am finally into like a settled space. I have my house and I've got all my foundational pieces, but I largely shopped neutral with those elements, you know, natural fiber rug or something kind of simple on the rug, neutral sofas and stuff. But I want to bring more color in. What do you think is like the best way to start injecting color into your room if you've sort of been on that neutral bandwagon and you you have a lot of your stuff already in place already? Well, and so I will say this. I love white rooms with pops of color all over. So I feel like it's definitely doable. It just can't be all white. So I love a room with neutral bases and foundations because that the foundation of the room is so important. You cannot finish a room if you don't have the foundation figured out correctly you just can't build on it so I think in this case I would bring in artwork with color I would pull in maybe some solid neutral colors from that artwork to put on your sofa just to you know maybe live with that for a little bit see how much you like the color throw blankets are just so easy to layer there's books wallpaper would be awesome but that would be 
after you've lived with the color for a minute and decided you want more. And you probably will because color is so great. Mm -hmm. That's how (laughs) I would start with artwork and throw pillows. Okay. And then do you, we, we sort of, I feel like we, we get a mixed bag in terms of how designers answer this question, but do you feel like artwork needs to match the colors of your fabrics and your accessories? Or do you feel like artwork can kind of be this own little living thing? I think it depends on the room. And I know that's like a dumb answer, but I just, I, <laughs> again, like I use so much color in my spaces that I don't want the artwork to fight against that I want it to work well with it so sometimes Mm. it might be two colors in the artwork or sometimes it is 15 so it really just depends I think it can be like let's say you go into a small hallway that's all blue right then you can have all orange in your artwork like that's a different instance where I feel like it works but bigger Mm. room with lots going on I feel like I would say it needs to coordinate a little bit okay Corning a little bit, but doesn't have to match. No matchy matchy. It just needs to work well together. Also a theme. Needs to flow. Okay. Needs to flow. Okay. Well, we do have a question from a listener. If we would like to answer it, Jenna, we would love your help. We have a question from Amy and she has actually some window, a window treatment dilemma. All right. Amy says, hi, Ballard team. I've been listening to the podcast for a couple of years now and absolutely love it. Thank you for such a wonderful resource. Now for my design dilemma. I have a bonus room downstairs that I'm planning to convert to an office with a Murphy bed to pull down as needed for the occasional guest. Here's where things get tricky. I've always loved rooms that pick a fun color and paint all of the woodwork, including the baseboards, window trim, etc. I'd like to do that in this room with a fun wallpaper on top I am considering Sherwin-Williams Oyster Bay paint for the color. Here are her questions. What should I do about the plantation shutters? Should I paint the shutters Oyster Bay or leave them white? Thoughts on lacquer? Should I stick to a more matte paint? Help, please, and thank you. Okay, so she's got this kind of little tiny room, and about three-quarters of the wall is a chair rail, and then in the middle of one of the walls, she's got a big old window that has some plantation shutters on it. So right now, the plantation shutters are sort of bumped out of this chair rail but the chair rail and the shutters are all one color and then she's got above the chair rail sort of a a darker sort of taupey color as well so she's thinking sort of this sherman williams oyster bay which if i recall correctly is kind of a blue gray right it's kind of a gray green really a great yeah yes and so she's thinking maybe a wallpaper in that on like the drywall above the chair rail okay jenna what do you think okay So it sounds like, Amy, that you want a really fun space. You even use the word fun. I think that what draws you to these rooms that you see is that it's a dramatic look. The drama that you see when you have all the baseboards, all the windows, everything painted. So to answer your question about the plantation shutters, I'd say 100% paint those the same color. You know, I would ask, where are these plantation shutters located on the exterior of your house? Because some people it may bother if they are a different color if you're viewing your house from the outside, right? Like, or, you know, do they mirror the window next door? But what I would encourage you to do is just paint them how you want to see them in your space inside because that's where you're living and that's how you get your feeling when you're in the room. And so I would say definitely paint those and then go fun with the wallpaper. I think that is what you're shooting for. And I know that 
the plantation shutters can be tricky. And if you decided you didn't like that look, take those down and do a fun Roman shade and it'd make the room a little less fussy. But and as far as the lacquer goes, you could do lacquer, but you could also just do a high gloss. Like you don't have to do, I wouldn't do a matte paint. I would do something fun and make it as dramatic as possible because I think that's what you're really aiming for. Mm-hmm. What do you think about her Oyster Bay paint color? I think the Oyster Bay paint color is a neutral. <laughs> so, I, I mean, not really a neutral, but it's not <laughs> over the top. So I think go with it all over the space and you won't be sorry. I think it'll be, it's not electric blue or anything. So I think it'll be nice and I think it'll mm-hmm. still be calming, but fun. Well, but she hasn't picked her wallpaper. So, so yeah, I would, he could go more fun and more colorful. Yes. <laughs> but um, Well, no, I was just wondering, like, if she hasn't picked her wallpaper yet, should she even pick the paint color? No, I would definitely pick your wallpaper first and then just pull one of the colors out of that or pull a contrasting color. I think that's definitely the way to go. If you know you want wallpaper for sure, pick your wallpaper first and then pull a color mm-hmm. out of that. And Amy, I would also paint your ceiling. Paint it all. All the walls. Oh, okay. Paint ooh, ooh. The whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make it very dramatic. I am excited for Amy. Me too. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to look fantastic. It's such a cute yeah. little room. I wonder if it could use a five by seven rug. <laughs> I'm kidding. Ooh, let's say yeah. <laughs> I feel like she should take the plantation shutters down. Y'all, can I just tell you that I hate plantation shutters? She said the plantation shutters were on the back of her house, I believe, when we emailed her oh. and asked. Yes. Well, so I think she off. could potentially take them off. I think that would be great. Caroline hates them. Well, I do too. Here's the thing. I do too. They block out so much light. Right. Like right. even when you have the actual louvered part open, first off, they never stay fully open. They always like droop and, and like. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so you just, you n- you don't get that much light out of them. And I just feel like natural light is so important. Very few people actually have, like so many houses don't have enough natural light. So then once you put louvered shutters on top of it, it's like, it's even less natural light. And so the it's worst. just, I just feel like it makes it like a very They're sad They're pretty and they room. cost I, a lot. But yeah, they. Some people love them. So I can't blame them. We have them on our rental here. And you guys, my old dog whose back leg's going, all I hear all day is him ram into them as he falls over into them. And then he shuts them. (laughs) That wasn't meant to be a sad story. I laughed. None of you laughed. I laughed. (laughs) Because you hear the bang of the louvers all shutting and the room gets dark. And you're like, oh, the dog ran into the wall. I mean, I do think they're very functional in some rooms. But I just, I need that light. Well, they're functional because you can open and close them easily, but there's so many mechanisms now that you can get on draperies or, you know, Roman shade, and you can do that too. And still let as much light in as possible when you have it open, mm-hmm. which is so important. But but I feel like your idea, Jenna, is great. Like, try it with the paint color. Paint it first. See if you like it. If you do hate it, then maybe you just take that shutter off the one window you could put it in your basement you don't have to throw mm-hmm. it away you can save it right because it was an investment to get it you just put it in your basement or an attic or a closet or something put up a room and shade if one day you change your mind back again and you want the shutter you put it back up no big deal yep it's a good good compromise okay amy good luck let us know how it goes we would love to see after photos and for anyone else who wants their decorating dilemma answered please Send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. 
All right, Jenna, thank you for joining us today. And thank you for showing us your gorgeous room in the show house. I feel like we didn't talk enough about it. Do we need to talk some more about it? Because it was really, really fun and special and just a little vacation in a in a small space. Yeah, I was in the Bahamas when I was asked to take part in the show house. And so when I was asked to do the pool, laundry and bathroom, I was like, oh, yes, I'm here for this. And just totally got inspiration from Harbor Island where I was. And you can see like the Cornish board was shaped to look like an umbrella and Palm Springs. Like I just went all out with the color and I especially giggled because they gave me the room with the black cabinets, which I didn't get to pick the cabinet color. And so I thought that was really funny that I got the room with the black cabinets, but I made it work. And that's kind of like the whole idea with the finished room too, right? Like all the accessories and other elements and everything you put on all the walls really dictates how the room's going to look and feel. It doesn't have to just be the one piece that's not, you know. Well, you put so many special textures, patterns, colors everywhere in these spaces that honestly, I didn't even remember that the cabinets were black. Oh, oh that yeah. was my goal. <laughs> you really did kill it. I, I also didn't notice that the cabinets were dark at first either because I was so, so much color and vibrant and great art. And like you yeah. said, just so layered. The other thing I loved about it is I felt like you used things on the wall that were not necessarily like art. Like there was a hat at one point that was, it's not art, but it could have been art, you know, like just kind of thinking outside the box a little bit and and even like that corner sport was so unusual yeah I tried to have fun with it and make it different and that hat was I thought how are they going to use this room and it might be you need to grab your hat on your way out to the pool and so why not have a beautiful hat or this funny hat in this case and use it as decor too so Mm -hmm. or even like some of the art was hung in a really unusual way like really down low or or really really up high yeah, because you had yeah. that really special piece above a doorway, mm-hmm. right? That led into right. the bathroom. Yes, I um, thought it was just so special because, because that-, that space was just so special because it was just coming off of the pool. So if you did just have guests like go head straight out to the backyard and like have an event, that was the restroom that they would come in and use, and it was just so special and fun to kind of mm-hmm. treat, make it a little party space. Yeah, it was like it was something that was inside the house, but it was really designed more to be like part of the outside, I suppose, in a way, like because it's it was sort of in your mind, you were using it like a pool house, even though it was actually just your regular house and your laundry room. But I loved that. It was so genius of the builder to do it that way, to put it in the house, because nobody wants to go out to the pool house and lug in all the wet towels up to the laundry room. Right. So this was a Mm. Walk in, take your suit off and shower, throw your towels in this washer and dryer. So I thought that was genius. Why have I not seen that before? I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. If you've got kids, like your kids don't have to trek through in a wet bathing suit all through the house. They just throw it. They can be still outside and in their skivvies and just get their bath bathing, wet bathing suit straight (laughs) into the, into the washing machine. (laughs) Yeah. So genius. I thought it was so smart. I didn't do it, but I was very thrilled with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Jenna, thank you so much. And can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all of that good stuff? Yes. You can find me on colordrunk.com and then also on Instagram and it's colordrunk underscore designs. And that's where I am. Um, And you can see everyday snippets almost on my Instagram. That's where we keep things alive and going most of the time. 
Uh, y'all go check it out. Seriously, it is such a happy follow and uh, just really fun. Really fun. It makes me very happy to like look at your portfolio. Oh, thank you. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!